0: Hey everybody, it's Andy Little here from the EM Over Easy podcast. What you're about to listen to is a session that Tanner and I were able to record at Ohio ASEP's Coffee Rounds and Grounds on February 28, 2018. This is a two-part discussion we had with Ohio Representative Bob Cup, First talking about Ohio House Bill 7 that would add protection to physicians working in Ohio, as well as we pick his brain about how Anthem is planning on denying claims in Ohio and other states. If you'd like to head directly to that conversation, go ahead and fast on forward to 10 minutes and 10 seconds.
1: And we're here at Ohio ASEP this morning talking about some really awesome political advocacy. Uh, I'm here with Andy and an awesome special guest, Representative Robert Cup from uh, Ohio. Really, we just want to, we're so happy that you wanted to sit down with us real quick and just give us a few minutes of your time and talk about the stuff that we're here for, which is advocacy and the the amazing stuff that can happen through politics. Um, Real quick, just give us a little bit of background, who you are, where you're from,
2: all right, well, first let me uh, welcome you to the Ohio State House, uh, and thank you for coming, because it's always a really good exchange of information for emergency physicians, or what, what's going on in the field, and maybe what we should expect if we need your services. And uh, so it's really great that you could all come and, and share with us. So uh, I'm uh, Rep- State Representative Bob Cup. I live uh, in the Lima area, Allen County. Uh, this is my um, third year fourth year <laughs> in, oh. in, the, in the Ohio House of Representatives, but I served 16 years in the Ohio Senate and took a 10-year detour into the judiciary. So um, it's uh, it's always an interesting, public policy is an interesting thing. So in your
0: time in politics, what has been kind of the most transformative way that you've seen local folks like us, you know, we are emergency physicians, but we're also just citizens. What has been the biggest impact you've noticed that citizens make in politics?
2: Well, there's certainly been a change in communication. I think people are much more aware of issues now. Uh, unfortunately, they're more aware of federal issues than state issues. Um, but it's a lot easier to communicate with, uh, with email, uh, the various forms of uh, telecommunication. Um, and so uh, people, I think, are more willing to reach out and to share information, which is really helpful for the job we do because we're not experts in everything, Uh, In fact, we're not probably experts in most things. And so we rely on people who are, who work in the field, who have a problem, who have a solution to be able to uh, do what we need to do is create good public policy.
1: So speaking of public policy, you're introducing a bill here soon, right? Uh, HB7, is that what it is? Uh, House
2: Bill 7, it's been introduced. uh, We've been working on it now for um, several months. Uh, It's we call it the, uh, the Medical um, uh, Liability Litigation Improvement Act. We're trying to improve things. Um, I like the sound of that Improving Over the years better. the General Assembly has enacted a considerable amount of uh, what we call tort reform or liability reform. but there's still some you know, some little holes, some gaps or some edges. so this bill is uh, tries to fill those in uh, and improve upon what's been done. And so there's a number of provisions. I could talk about a few of those if you'd like. Absolutely. Perhaps uh, emergency physicians might be interested uh, most in the one that deals if we have a mass disaster. So there's been hurricanes or mass disasters. We've had um, uh, pandemics uh, in parts of the world. We've been fortunate here in Ohio. We haven't had these. Some uh, places over have a tornado come through. And so you have just this mass destruction and mass injuries, and what happens when everybody comes to needs treatment? So you pull everybody, you know, to, together. And when you have that situation, I don't think the normal rules of liability would apply because it's it's very different. Yeah. And so, what this bill would do in a in a, a declared uh, disaster for those providing emergency care within their authority, it would uh, raise the standard for liability. So. Uh, you would not be liable unless you acted uh, with reckless disregard for a patient. And so um, we want to encourage people to help in those situations, not discourage them. And so that's one of the the major parts uh, of the bill. Um, We also um, are concerned when we have litigation that people are joined in lawsuits named as defendants who may really have not been, uh, had uh, uh, committed any type of uh, negligence, Uh, but once you're named in a lawsuit, that you know goes on your insurance record. There's an emotional toll uh, for it. And so we have uh, developed an alternative procedure in which you um, can have some formal discovery under the, the rules of, uh, of practice and procedure to be able to get more information before all the defendants are named. And so those who have no liability would not, not be named. And so we hope that will reduce the shotgunning effect uh, yeah. that occurs when uh, lawsuits uh, are, are filed, and then there's the whole issue of um, we have a, an apology statute, or I'm sorry. So, uh, when you have an adverse outcome, a physician can talk to the patient, and they can say, "You know, I'm sorry, it didn't work out. We planned, we things didn't go wrong." But there's always been a question of whether or not, if they make say, you know, it's it's my fault or something to that effect, that that can be used against them in litigation. And uh, the statute was not clear on that. And the Ohio Supreme Court has recently said that those statements are also included and they're excluded. You cannot admit them in a, uh, as a, um, uh, for liability purposes in a lawsuit. And so we want to codify that uh, additionally in the statute. Um, and also, when something goes wrong, there's often a review. Find out what happened. Why did it happen? How can we prevent it from happening again? And um, people will be re- a little reluctant to talk if they know whatever they say might be used in a in a lawsuit. So this would protect those statements and not allow them to be used in a lawsuit. To hopefully facilitate that review and find out what the cause is and to keep it from happening again. So those are a number of provisions in the bill. It's uh, in committee. We're um, trying to uh, to get it out of committee. Uh, hopefully in the next uh, the next few weeks we're going to get it out of committee and get it on the House floor and. Then we'd have to go over to the Senate, where the process would start all over again. And uh, <laughs> hopefully we've refined the issues and and um, uh, worked on the language so it's all pretty clear.
0: When Ohio ASEP actually sent me a copy of this bill, I actually went home and read it, like, um, like we were asked to. And I started to actually start an email to both my representatives to say, hey, you're not currently co-sponsors on this. I think you should be. Because I think it's a bill that will actually um, kind of transform the way that at least physicians feel about helping. You know, the big thing for me was the mass disaster. We've had some of those recently, and I've had friends go and give help but not know if they're protected. And so as a physician, it's nice to know that if, if and when that does happen, we'll be protected So where we'll actually be able to help and not feel you know, is somebody going to come after me if this goes south, or you know, things like that? So, yeah,
2: I, I think it only makes sense because it's it's out of the ordinary. In yeah. fact, it's very extraordinary, and so the normal rules really shouldn't apply. We need to look at what would be appropriate in that situation. So, so hopefully that will, um, uh, if it ever happens, and we hope we don't have one of those, but you never know.
0: Yeah, it's nice to plan ahead for the future.
1: So, I am, I'm new to the political arena. I, I wasn't really a big politics guy growing up. Um, I think a lot of it because I didn't understand it. But in the past few years, I've become more and more interested because I see that this is truly where change can happen. And you can help create a better you know, country, world, city, whatever you're trying to work with. How do the people here, do you have any advice for them on how to help promote the things that are more, most important to them? Is it, is it stories? Is it showing up to events like this? Like, What's the best bang for the buck?
2: Well, as we say in many cases, it's all of the above. <laughs> um, I think one of the best things to do is uh, to build a relationship with your legislator, not just when you have an issue, but get to know them. And legislators, you know, want to know their constituents. Uh, Obviously, physicians are very important in the community because they serve and help people and they have an expertise. Uh, And so um, if there's a a local medical academy, invite your legislators in or some social events just just to to build that relationship. And then when you have an issue, you'll know who you're talking to and they'll know who you are. And so I think that's a much more effective, that's a pretty effective way of doing it. Um, in, in addition to that, um, so it, sometimes uh, members belong to the same you know, service clubs, for example, the Rotary or the Kiwanis or something, and so there's an opportunity to, to interact. Um, and I belong to the Lima Rotary Club, and um, a number of uh, uh, several physicians belong to that, and they'll catch me and they'll tell me, you know, give me an update on things that are going on. And that is that is really really helpful. Um, so um, you know, going to events, uh, the building a relationship, um, sending letters. Uh, I know people do email. Uh, I tell you, uh, an actual real letter <laughs> gets a lot of attention because they're so <laughs> rare anymore. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> then so, I have to write one way. My hand gets tired. Oh, so so that's a good way. And you always have to remember that. Um, Other than Representative Steve Huffman, who is an emergency room physician and serves in the Ohio House, um, most members do not know that much about medicine. So you have to sort of use terms that, you know, um, lay people can understand. But I think those are all all effective ways.
0: Yeah, a big thing that's coming up in emergency medicine, and specifically in the state of Ohio, is Anthem has kind of come out and said that they will be screening ED visits at a kind of extreme um, way to kind of not pay for them. In the upcoming year, as a way to save money, what 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 can Ohioans do to empower people like you to go go after that? I guess is is a question, or how how do you see that playing out? You know, an, a big insurance company who provides a lot of services to people in Ohio, your constituents coming out and saying that don't go to the emergency department because if you do, we might not pay for it.
2: Well, I think it's a little concerning, as I understand it, that's just gone into effect in Ohio the beginning of the year, so. We're really trying to understand exactly what their practice uh, is going to be in that. Um, It's a a little concerning uh, the way maybe it's been handled in other states. I mean, first of all, we don't encourage people to use the emergency room for common colds and things that can be treated elsewhere. Fortunately, a lot of emergency rooms are maybe setting up, uh, I don't know what the right term is, but they assess people coming in, and so there's a lower-cost way. To, to do Trriage. it except yeah. except on the weekends, <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> on it you know after after nine o'clock at night or whenever uh, because many communities do not have urgent care yet yeah. you know so they don't there's no place for people to go um but uh for somebody who feels like they have a, a health uh, emergency health problem that's going to be, be really serious um they shouldn't be penalized if they go to the emergency room uh, to to get care you know, so so we have this sort of thing that you know if if you feel like you're having chest pains or you know tingling in your arm or you have abdominal pain or other things you should you know get get care right away you know uh, and so that's a message it's you know don't don't wait it may be too late mm-hmm. and on the other hand if you do that and it doesn't turn out to be that although it felt like it mm-hmm. then they're going not not cover your visit I mean that's not that's not fair so um so i think we need to figure out how they're going to apply the practice but it is very concerning i will will say uh and um so at, at the state level i i believe it's probably um something we could do through the department of insurance or if it needs a change in the law uh i think at this point we're just trying to figure out what is actually uh, going on but and not i'm not sure how many legislators actually know it so it's a it's um it's very helpful that you're kind of spreading the message and alerting uh, members uh, to this. And so we'll just have to monitor it uh, very carefully. Yeah, it's definitely something that
1: is, is, is a very difficult balance because just kind of like you, you, you had mentioned, you don't want everyone going to the ER just for a cold. But we are the healthcare safety net. We don't want people afraid to come to the ER because they might get a big bill. I would rather them come us say, you know what? Actually you're safe and you can follow up with your primary care physician or someone else that they, you know, can can do those follow-up tests and assess them appropriately. That's fine, but we don't want to scare people away from the care that may actually save them. So it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with this over the next coming, you know, months and year and and how it responds. I know Anthem has already started to try to tweak some of their Policies to cater towards this pushback that they're starting to get, but I think it's definitely going to be one of those things we're going to have to keep pushing hard to make sure that this is handled appropriately and not just kind of shuffled to the wayside. So,
2: well, I, I, it absolutely needs to be kept at the forefront so we know what happens because it's going to impact a lot of people, and it could really adversely uh, adversely affect people's health if they uh, feel discouraged from going when they have all the symptoms that an ordinary person, lay person you know, with a reasonable, you know, knowledge of, you know, their health is discouraged from going. Um, and so it's, it's or even it concerning.
1: I've had patients come to me already and say, should I even, should I even be here because I don't want to get a big bill. And it's like, well, I, I can't prove to you unless I do some testing. Right. And at this point I can't tell you you're sick or you're not sick until I know for sure. and And so you have to kind of make that, judgment call and that's like trying to tell somebody who all they know is math how to write English because they're not they're not medical professionals. It's even hard for emergency physicians to know what is an emergent patient until we get some results back and some testing. So it's it's very complicated process.
2: I think most people are reluctant to go to the emergency room anyway because they don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. They don't know how long they're going to be there. They don't know if it's appropriate for them to do it. So there's already a built-in reluctance. I was really gratified. I had a chance to talk with some uh, fire chiefs in uh, my local area, and they also do the emergency um, uh, uh, services, ambulance services. And um, they were talking about uh, how much better the coordination is now when they're uh, when they get a call they pick somebody up the communications you know in the the vehicle as it's going to the hospital and the the survival rate has gone up uh very significantly and so That's i great. thought that was really 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 positive news yeah uh, and they're getting more calls. I think uh, with that, people you know they don't want the sirens, they don't want the you know the lights flashing and coming to their home maybe to pick them up, and so uh, so people are kind of reluctant to do that. But uh, they're getting uh, more calls. People are um, doing what they should do when they feel that their life is uh, is being threatened or their health uh, serious health problems, and uh, so that's that's part of the positive side of it. Oh yeah.
1: Uh, that 's the thing that often gets lost in the weeds is that there 's a lot of positive stuff going on, so thank you so much for spending time here with us. Uh, any final thoughts, words of wisdom for people out there that are interested in political advocacy and, and how we can help or, or, or help you out
2: well, I think it 's um, it's good to be involved and there 's lots of ways to to be involved. Um, uh, you know, uh, if you 're like your legislator, they have to run for re election so you know you could get involved in in their campaign. Uh, be, uh, get, get acquainted with them uh, build the relationships uh, don't be afraid to uh, voice your concern explain the situation and uh, I think that will be, be very effective so, um, so I guess what's the phrase, just do it <laughs> <laughs> nice. well again, Representative couple we really appreciate you coming we know we have to get to a
0: meeting coming up but we appreciate you taking out time in your morning to meet with us All right,
2: thank you very much
0: So hopefully after listening to this episode, you, like us, have been inspired to be more involved on the political level and the way we can shape emergency medicine and healthcare in our state as well as yours. If you want to get involved and help with House Bill 7 for Ohio, you can visit a few links in our show notes, one outlining the specifics of the bill and the other with a link on how you can get a hold of your representative. And also don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram on SoundCloud, and subscribe on iTunes. Until next time, guys.